Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Totally Indian Football Show. I'm your host Suju and I think the most uh, beautiful part of this episode is going to be that you can finally see us if not for the entirety of the episode at least a snippet that you can watch us on YouTube but uh, as mentioned in our promo videos you have to listen to our audio podcast for the full episodes. Now I am joined by the one the only Mr. Sunil Menon and like I mentioned that we are going to cross boundaries and uh, geography over probably you know get out of India as well and have folks on our show. So Sunil Menon is uh, head of community at uh, MCFC not Mumbai City FC but Melbourne City FC also a club that's part of the City Football Group and uh, well I must say it's a good afternoon in Australia. So welcome to the podcast uh, Mr. Menon. Siju, thank you for having me. Great to be on. Great to have a couple of Keralites talking about football. Yeah, absolutely. It never gets old. And uh, what a way for you to join our show because you are joining us straight from the ground. And I think that's the best part of uh, doing, of working with a football club, right? That's your office. Yeah, definitely. It's very exciting to sort of come into a football environment every day. Great facilities that we have here in Melbourne. We're very fortunate for that. And um, yeah, good to be with you. Great, let's kick start then because, uh, okay, I'll start with what is community for you and how do you define community with regards to when it comes to talking about football? I think community when it comes to football is kind of the essence of football, right? It's kind of where we all started. We all started playing at our, in our school, which is in, within our community, or playing in a local club, which is in our community, or playing in our neighbourhood, which is, which is our community. So for me, it's, it's the essence of the game. You know, football is a, is a working-class game at, at its essence as well, and that's where that's where we all come from. In terms of uh, our work here in, in Melbourne, at Melbourne City, our charitable arm is a city in the community, which is uh, its, its, es- its essence is to connect uh, young people to football and uplift their physical and mental health through the game. So how that works in practice is, you know, we use football as a vehicle to talk to young people about gender equity, about physical health, mental health and leadership as well. So it, there's no more powerful sport in the world that can do that than the round ball game. And, you know, give our listeners a background into your profile. And I was checking your profile on LinkedIn, but, you know, it listed and I what caught my eye was that you've been part of You've had roles previously as well with regards to community management or a manager, you know, community engagement or fan engagement kind of things. And you worked with Cricket World Cups and other organizations as well. So how did you transition yourself into this and how has it become your forte now? Yeah, I think like most people in sport, you sort of go after that career as a passion and um, the community part of it, I genuinely fell into it and have sort of stuck around ever since and transitioned into a number of different roles, like you mentioned. So I studied sports management here in Melbourne at La Trobe University. During that time, I was fortunate to do a bit of community coaching in football with a lot of different migrant communities. And, and that was really fun, just casually doing that. And from there, some opportunities arose as well to move into a more a policy type work within that space. And really enjoyed that, really enjoyed that as, as a first job out of university, working in sort of state government, non-profit space. But from there, there came a community role at the 2015 Cricket World Cup held in Australia and New Zealand. And I thought, oh, it's only two real things that matter to me in life, football and cricket. And it'd be pretty cool to work on a World Cup. So I threw my name in the hat and didn't think much of it. And uh, 
very randomly got got that position, which is really really fortunate. And from there, um, you know, learned a lot from uh, from people who really moved into really high positions in sport, including Nick Hockley, the current CEO of Cricket Australia. You know, people who worked in um, things like Formula One Grand Prix and, and and other things like that. So really really fortunate to work in with those people in those environments. And then from there, I sort of looked around and thought, you know, a lot of people here have overseas experience, which is really really cool and something I wanted to do. So my wife and I took a bit of a chance and moved to London. Uh, so was there for about uh, two years and worked at Charlton Athletic um, in the Community Trust for, for a little while as well. And that was really awesome because as a football fan, you know, to work in, in the English football system at a great club like Charlton um, was, yeah, really amazing. Not like what you see on TV. It's very cold. It rains a lot. Um, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of games in the championship, uh, which Charlton were, were in at the time, um, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and then cups in between as well. So quite a massive workload, but really exciting. Um, and then back to Australia and uh, fortunate to take some roles at the Australian Football League, which is our domestic uh, Aussie rules competition here in Australia. Um, and then also at the T20 World Cup that's just passed in, in, uh, in the Women's T20 World Cup, Australia, India in the final and a record crowd for a women's cricket match, which is really exciting. And then um, here at City now, in a more role that's more around uh, community-focused in, in a local area that uh, is growing and, and has a huge passion for the game. And um, it's great for me to work in football in Australia because that's a, that's a big passion point of mine. Yeah, I mean, I think across the globe, we know how Australia as a country is so, what do you say, exciting and also supportive of their sports. They love sports, you know, any kind of sports. And it's always jam-packed. I think we've had these uh, conversations in our offices over here saying that, you know, if one stadium is there, there'll be a tennis happening and then probably miles away there'll be a cricket match happening and then somewhere around there'll be swimming and all the places will be jam-packed. It's not like no one's going to pick one over the other. You have audience for all kinds of sports over there. That's really nice to be in an environment to be in if you're a sports lover and if you're working out there. Coming to the point that, you know, Melbourne City is also one of the clubs that are under City Football Group and we have a club back in Mumbai as well, Mumbai City FC. But if I had to ask you, you've been working longer than, you know, City Football Group came here just a year old, year and a half old now. But for you having worked under them, what do you think their approach is towards community programs? Yeah, I think that one of the greatest things in this role, so you mentioned Australia's love of sport and passion for sport. You know, we in Melbourne alone, we have something like 23 professional sporting teams, men's and women's, which is insane in a city of five and a bit million people to have 20-something professional sporting teams. But no one has a genuine connection overseas the way that we do um, at Melbourne City. So, you know, I'm a part of the City Football Foundation, in a, working in the city in the community in the charity arm. Um, you know, I connect in with my colleagues in New York and Manchester on a, you know, once a month at least to find out how their programs are going and what they're doing in their um, in their respective cities. So to have, um, you know, such a, a link in or an ability to check in with um, international programs and um, colleagues in in different countries is something really unique um, and that's I guess what part of what City Football off offers as well. I think also just from a broader football perspective here at Melbourne City our, our former coach now Patrick Kusnobo has just moved on to Troyes so another club in France that's after winning two two titles here at that city over the last three years and for an Australian coach to come through the ranks to then move on to you know a top level 
division in France and a top country. Yeah, that that's a massive step forward in Australian football and, and brings Australian football forward. So um, I think we're really seeing the benefits of that at City. And of course, you know, we've got a number of, of players here now um, of, of soccer who's pedigree, probably most notably Matt Leckie, who scored a, scored the winning goal for Australia against Denmark in the World Cup. So it's a really exciting time to be involved. And we're really excited about where what the future holds for us here in Melbourne, but then also uh, for City and the community more broadly, like what we can do and how we can use football to impact uh, the lives of young people. Well, I think Australia is also known, we know about Australia as, you know, giving home and giving, opening their uh, doors to refugees or, you know, people who have suffered and especially the sporting community comes ahead to help these folks out. So being in Melbourne and how is Melbourne City FC's approach towards the community there? And who are these folks that are part of the Melbourne City community? Yeah, great question. I think um, one of the challenges we have as, as football in, in, in Australia is uh, we're a very expensive sport and you wouldn't think so because you know, all you need is sort of boots and a ball, right, to go and play. But unfortunately, the junior system is quite expensive to play, which leaves a lot of people out. And particularly in the region we're here in the southeast of Melbourne, we have so many talented footballers from majority of um, African, a lot of African backgrounds, a lot of Afghan backgrounds, uh, Indian as well. And sometimes, you know, being new migrants to a country, uh, cost is, is a big factor. So that deters a lot of people from playing. So our programs come in and almost act like a, like a club for people. So we have drop-in programs across the southeast of Melbourne every day, across Monday to Friday. Um, and sometimes we do lunchtime programs in schools as well. And this allows young people to then come in have a kick in a structured environment, you know, be able to win prizes or, or whatever that is and then be connected to the club in a different way. And then we sort of top that up with things like, you know, tickets to matches at, at times as well so they can come see their heroes play. We then bring players into schools, both men's and women's, which is always um, really well received for, for young people to meet a, a professional footballer, you know, potentially a soccer or a Matilda as well, which is uh, a huge, I think, for people. And um, it, it allows them to feel connected to something bigger, like a, like a football, like a big football club um, in the region. So. I think that's that's really important that we are continuing to to see that cost isn't a barrier to talent and that we can ensure that talent is always able to come through. Um, and probably the best example of that at the moment is uh, Grant Paul, young Australian uh, of South Sudanese background, who's just secured a move to Newcastle and now on loan at Hearts in the, in the Scottish Premier League. So he was literally playing uh, local football about two years ago and now he's he's in the Premier League, more or less, which is um, unbelievable and, and a great story and, and uh, a real sort of shining light for a lot of communities here in, here in Australia. Now, I think you must have partly answered this question of mine when you started talking about what do you define community as, but why do you think community is important? You know, and why do you think engaging for a football club or an organization, but we'll keep it a football club for this one. Why is it important? Because I think if at some levels, that is something we are kind of lacking back home here in India. So if you had to share, considering, you know, there are two different cities, Melbourne and Mumbai, vast, huge cities uh, known for as uh, different kinds of people, literally houses the entire country's uh, folks. So if you can probably share some light on that and uh, yeah why do you think is it an important factor yeah i think look it's it's where it's the long term right in all sports doesn't matter in, in the variety of sports i've worked in as well community work and community engagement is not something that uh, yields results immediately it's more that long-term benefit that you see you know 10 15 years down the track so by engaging by, by engaging a community by being present by being open transparent and and sort of making yourself available to them, they then feel that connection 
and that connection leads to fandom, which leads to, you know, hopefully a lifelong connection to that club as a supporter. My biggest question in communities like it always comes back to what if we don't do it? What happens if we don't do this? And if you don't do that, that becomes when, when things, and particularly when things are going well, which they are for us uh, as a club, you know, we're top of the league, men's and women's at the moment, or third in the women's, but top in the men's. You know, what if we weren't to go out and do these programs? And, and where does the next fan come from? Where does the next talented player come from? Are we missing out? Are they going to our rivals or are we just missing them altogether? So I think that that's why it's really important from a more, I guess, strategic perspective and a, a football perspective. But from a general community perspective, it's, you know, we're in this region. We're in a region that loves the game. Why not wrap our arms around people and try and make them feel a part of it and try and want them to, you know, be a supporter of, of Melbourne City and, and particularly in this in this area with a lot of new migrants, make them feel welcome in Australia as well and use football as that vehicle to help people feel welcome. Now, I have to ask you because we are called the Totally Indian Football Show. And uh, do you follow Indian football? And are you closely watching probably what MCFC here are doing? Because it comes under the same belt as CFG or, you know, your general take and also a bit about Mumbai City FC. Well, I have to, with my my Australian accent, doesn't really do much for me. But with my surname, I follow the Kerala Blasters a little bit. I'll make sure I know what's going on with them. So that's that's always interesting. Look, I think Indian football is in an interesting position. I, I saw the Vision 2047 that came out a couple of days ago, some comments from or some, some talk around Arsene Wenger being involved around the next iteration of what Indian football looks like. I think um, there are some similarities in some ways to Australia because, you know, you've had those marquee players that come in for a year, you know, your David James, Roberto Carlos, that sort of stuff. We've had that too. We've had Del Piero, we've had... Heskey and Dwight York in the early days of the A-League playing at, at various clubs. Tim Cahill as well, who also played in India. I think um, those things are important, but without a, a strong grassroots development, youth pathway to develop players and further to that, you know, some really good work to engage fans, it becomes challenging. And we have a similar challenge, I think, in the sense that people think, well, I'll just watch the Premier League on my phone at three o'clock in the morning but I won't go to a stadium down the road and support my local team. And we found that during the World Cup as well. You know, we had the whole nation behind Australia. We had live sites at three o'clock in the morning in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, packed to the rafters. Yet that conversion to an A-League fan is not quite there because there seems to be something missing. And maybe that is community and a genuine connection to clubs. So it's something we're working on here. And I think something for India moving forward, you know, there's obviously, you know, preaching to the converted. I'm sure there's there's so much potential. There's so much um, that can be done. And the challenge probably is at the moment, you know, being in an Asian confederation, you've seen during the recent Men's World Cup, that confederation is getting stronger. You know, the, the teams are getting better. The standards getting higher. If you don't sort of catch up quickly, um, you know, can get left behind quite quickly as well. So I think it's uh, important this next little, little period to make sure that that the game is moving forward and producing players and not just relying on those sort of um, marquees to come in and th- they get people excited, but you, you have that genuine grassroots and youth pathway that's developed as well. Now, I know you didn't mention you spoke about Kerala Blasters team and I'm sure you've made a whole lot of bunch of people, if they tune into this episode, really happy about that. But considering, like I mentioned, uh, there is a connect between Melbourne and Mumbai City FC, both the clubs, considering they're under the same group, do you by any chance see in the future of, you know, we've seen players come from there. We've also had Des Buckingham, who's come down from uh, the Melbourne City and he's been a favourite now. I think people all in Mumbai, the West Coast Brigade, they absolutely love him. He's also extended his uh, contract with the club and they're doing really well on and off the field. Uh, so do you somewhere, can we Indian football fans here or Mumbai football fans 
see some kind of uh, exchange further also happening between Melbourne City and Mumbai City, even a game if possible. Is there anything on the cards? Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. Nothing that I know of at the moment, but it would be something really interesting. And um, I know, you know, obviously uh, Melbourne is the biggest uh, Indian community in Australia now as well. So there's definitely, and you might have seen that during the recent Cricket World Cup, um, India-Pakistan game, you know, 90,000 people at the MCG, not a white Australian person in sight, basically. So definitely something to look at and um, great that you know, City Football is extended into Mumbai and, and, and um, they're having some great success at the moment. And Des obviously came from from here, from, from Melbourne City as well, and is uh, very highly regarded. So hopefully that continues and uh, we have uh, another winning season of, um, of uh, Mumbai, Melbourne, Manchester doing the, the triple across uh, across three different continents, which would be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the sound of it really definitely excites, uh, I'm sure, the majority of the Indian football fans, even here as well. Now, finally, to ask you, Sunil, what keeps you going? What drives you from the whole, you know, you've, you've really entered into the space where it could be probably, say, a niche one. Uh, because you're handling the community side of things. But at the same time, it's also a key factor. And it's a very important one as well, especially for a football club, because that's how, as you mentioned, you know, you get your fans on board. Uh, you may not know where your next star is coming on from. So what is the whole driving factor for you personally in it? A few things. I think so. professionally, it's you know, making sure that we maintain ourselves as one of the best community clubs in the A-League that we're reaching people that need to be reached, that we continue to use football as a vehicle to connect you know, different um, generations, different cultures, different backgrounds. That's really important for me. We currently, I'm currently sitting in a very windy position uh, in the middle of our um, facility here in Melbourne, which is under construction. So once that's built, that's a really exciting prospect for us to be able to bring more people in, to do more community work, to, to, to run more programs, which is really exciting. So that's, I think, probably a, a massive driving driving factor to maintain that and to, to ensure that we continue to, to have really high standards in our community programs and, and, and what we do. And then probably more personally is um, uh, probably family. I think a four-year-old and an almost six-month-year-old girl and boy. And you know, they've, well, not the six-month-old, but the four-year-old shown some interest in football. And I think women's football at the moment, you know, we host a World Cup here in Australia, New Zealand. And six or seven months and that's um, a massive opportunity it's the biggest sporting event we've held in Australia since the Sydney Olympics it's um, it's really significant so I think seeing how women's football in the next 10 years can grow and what role we at City can play in that is really exciting and to, to see you know more girls come through into the Matildas and, um, and those age groups is, is really exciting as well but more than that it's more just how young girls can see themselves represented in football and, and want to play the sport and, and choose that over you know, doing other things as well. Yeah, and I think it's an exciting year for Australia because uh, you guys are also going to host the women's uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. So I'm sure all eyes will be on Australia once again for enough, always in the right for the right reasons. Now, Sunil, thank you so much for making time. Uh, you know, and you're on your busy schedule, you couldn't even find a room, and <laughs> you did it straight from the ground. But I hope this conversation has probably also, you know, excited you and, uh, you know, made probably you also enjoyed it. But I also want to tell our listeners and to you, since this is the first time that you're on, we were just talking about you and briefly what you do and just to give us a sneak peek into Melbourne City FC. I think we will do one again on a larger note where we'll talk about 
more of the league that happens there, the A-League, uh, because I think that's what also would excite our audience and our listeners here. So tell our listeners to do follow and subscribe because we'll have this gentleman once again on the podcast. But Sunil Menon, thank you so much for taking time and doing the show. No problem, Sujit. A real pleasure to be on and uh, I really uh, admire the work you do and um, the passion you have for football and for Indian football, which is um, which is fantastic and needs to be supported. So well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. To all our lovely listeners, once again, do follow and subscribe to our podcast. We're available on all the audio platforms. Uh, you can tune into the preferred one that you like. And as I said, you've seen us in snippets on YouTube channel, but uh, don't get used to it because tune into the entire episode. You still have to go on to your audio platforms. Thank you once again. I'm your host, Sidhu, signing off from the Total Indian Football Show.